Hello and welcome to Season 4. It's a podcast that seeks to encourage and inspire you on your journey. Well, in today's episode, we are going to be covering the subject again on mental health, and it's one that is so important. And the thing that we get to discover most is actually how to get there. It starts from a place of being essentially honest and then having the courage to step forward. Um, Our guest today uh, is so refreshing, so practical, and um, a a lot of fun as well. There's some really uh, uh, gritty stories as well uh, uh, that we get to talk about, about each of our lives. Uh, Just, you know what, we're people who who are vulnerable, who are bleed, and um, it's such an important thing to hear. It's a thing that you need to realize that we need to share as well. So look, let's get into our devotion and then I'll go into the interview. The story behind the story. In the Gospel of Matthew, chapter 6, verse 10, part B4 from the Passion Translation, it reads, Manifest your kingdom realm and cause every purpose to be fulfilled on earth just as it is fulfilled on heaven. Or in other words, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Isn't it interesting that there are right and wrongs in this world? Ten Commandments, laws, routines set in place to support those decisions. But then sometimes their reference points need to adjust. A cheater the woman caught in adultery, a thief, the tax collector Zacchaeus, unholy, the woman bleeding, scandalous, the prodigal son, a second-rate person, the good Samaritan. There's a common thread. The laws in these stories aren't enough. They fall short of recognising the person. And then Jesus demonstrated that people are vulnerable and precious. People make poor decisions or have horrific things happen to them. Whatever the case is, being right and doing the right thing are sometimes miles apart. Jesus sees beyond the external activities and looks into their divine being, their soul. He sees part of himself and reaches out in mercy, grace and love. A compassion that breaks conventions. He goes beyond unhelpful rules and says, You, we, everybody are sacred. We all deserve his intervention and care. When we feel a sting of discrimination towards someone, be that their faith, age, sexuality, race, gender, marital status or economic standing, stop. Remember, you're a child of the Prince of Peace, a vessel to bring life, hope and dignity. Throw away stupid rules that hold you back, just as you and I have been recipients of his love and grace. Go and do the same to everyone around you. Amen.
Okay, we are now with my next guest, and it is with another friend. Um, of course, I wouldn't put, uh, uh, I wouldn't have a, a guest who is an enemy. That would be stupid. But anyway, I have a new friend, uh, and it's Ariana Walker, who I, it's another one of those people that you've not met, but when you meet them, you go, well, yeah, we're all from the same tribe, aren't we? <laughs> yeah. And um, Ariana Walker, how are you? You are from Mercy UK. How is life in your neck of the woods? It is good, thank you. Very busy. I, I, I don't. I'm sort of feeling like since everything opened back up again, yeah. I feel like we're doing like a whole year's worth of activity in like a month. So oh my, my feet haven't touched the ground. I'm I'm excited to uh, look forward to Christmas and maybe actually sit down for five minutes. That and would be I, nice. I was going to say because Christmas, we all know it's a very quiet and relaxed part. No, it's not. <laughs> <laughs> Not it's all. not too bad for me. I've got grown-up children, so it's not quite as crazy as it was years ago. It's now it can be quite relaxing, especially because I don't do the cooking. Oh, what is that? That's because you way. can't, or you can't, but uh, won't. can't and won't both. Look at that. I That's know. Done all right. So yeah, we've managed it. My husband so who... and my father. <laughs> Does your father live with you? No, they come for Christmas. Oh, my okay. parents do. Always yeah, yeah. have done. And that is what they do on Christmas Day between them. Goodness gracious. See, our strange Christmas direct um, uh, tradition is that we start, we don't go to church on Christmas Day and haven't done for decades, which is a joy because we do church like 3,000 services before. And then we, have, we meet with friends and family Christmas morning and drink mulled wine. So wonderful. And it's quite strong. So you get to about Christmas dinner time, which is obviously about three o'clock before, because of course you've got to see the Queen. And um, you can care less really what you're eating. Well, that's, that's also a good option. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. If, okay, just um, if a Christmas meal, what will you must have and what, you, what will you totally not have? We must have turkey because my husband's a traditionalist. Very good, well done. Um, will not have Christmas pudding. Well, what? I mean, I'm sorry. No, 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 no. But that's... Don't like it. Yeah, I get that. There is... Yeah, yeah. Do you have the sprouts, pigs in blankets? All of those things, yes. Just sprouts, sorry. it's the only day in the year that we have sprouts. Really? I feel sorry for sprouts. Oh. Like, who actually eats sprouts any we other do. time? We do. Do you? Yeah, yeah. If you, 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 cook, you fry them instead of um, boil them in either ginger... Um, yeah, ginger or used to be nuts, but now it's ginger or chorizo. Oh, Ooh, now that sensation. actually sounds quite good. Yeah. There are some people who have mac and cheese with their Christmas meal. It's mm. unusual, isn't it? There you go. No. Anyway, people didn't join in to listen to us about Christmas traditions. Well, they no, they do. didn't. <laughs> <laughs> came in to listen to uh, your good self. So look, you're from Mercy UK and there's many I things. Am. There's Mercy Ships. Uh, that I know of, yeah. but Mercy UK is some something that people may know and some people will not know. So for those who know Squat, why do you tell us about that? What is that? Who is it? Yes, we are not to be confused with Mercy Ships, though I do like Mercy Ships, are an amazing organisation, but they Mercy are. UK is, uh, I guess we're a freedom ministry. We help okay. people live free and stay free. 
And we do that in a number of different ways. Uh, we have a home. Lots of people know about our home. The home is really specifically for young women, 18 to 30 something. We're going to not be specific about oh, yeah, what we yeah. can Because 39 is okay. Yeah, 18 to 30 something yeah. um, where they can come and stay with us completely free of charge for six to nine months usually, wow. uh, somewhere between that time. Uh, and just come and work through uh, what life controlling issues, eating disorders, self-harming, depression, the effects of abuse. But do it from a, a Christ-centered perspective. Wow. Uh, they choose to come and stay with us for that purpose. Uh, that's what we've been doing for 15 years now here in the UK. Wow. And then out of that has also come for us a, a real sense of wanting to equip the church mm-hmm. uh, with tools for freedom. Mm-hmm. Uh, everybody in, in church, you know, if we want to bring freedom and wholeness to a society that desperately needs it, then we also need to have that after. You can't give what you don't have. So we really want to equip the church. We have something called Keys to Freedom, which is a discipleship workbook yes. that has been uh, developed out of the same program that we've been running in the home. We now made it available to men and women, young and old, any life stage, do it yourself at home with a pen, a Bible and the Holy Spirit, mm. 20 minutes a day, work through, a, you know, a structured approach of really teaching yourself some of the, the, the key principles of living this Christian life in difficult mm. circumstances. You know, we all face difficult terrain and learning what forgiveness is, how to forgive, why we do it, what are some of the obstacles to forgiveness, you know, and working that through by yourself or in a group, there's that option too. It's really important, I think, for, mm. for everyone so we have that and training and all sorts of other things as well that's amazing uh i mean uh, listeners will know that i'm uh, as as well as doing this i work with cinnamon and, and I, I do a lot of coaching consulting supporting church leaders and i always talk about um if they don't do well, well basically when they're thinking about doing social action or community development i say if you're going to do that First and foremost, number one foundation, if if you're not doing pastoral care, do not do social action and community development. Because unless you're your 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 current contingents of, of people that God's given you are are essentially healing and, and experiencing a healing community of liberty and shalom, you're not going to cope with new people. Uh, and and for them that's quite quite radical because of course we are a social action charity. We're all about getting people to do stuff, but I'm quite aggressive to actually say, don't do it, please, because that that space of that. And it's phenomenal how you have those that go, yes, I'm 100% with that. And you got others that go, I'm not quite sure, which is probably where your your Keys to Freedom uh, manual, which is such a, a wonderful book, comes in. One of the things we have is something called Empower, which is actually training days for churches, um, the people helpers. You know, our churches mm-hmm. are full of kind, generous, people-loving people. Yeah. Um, and those are the ones who end up running on empty quite soon yeah. because they're giving, they're giving, they're giving. They're meeting so-and-so for breakfast. They're meeting so-and-so for a coffee. They're taking so-and-so into their house. You know, these wonderful pastoral people that mm-hmm. populate our churches uh, those are the people we we really want to help strengthen and give really healthy tools. How do you help people while staying whole yourself, keeping yeah. your own tank filled up? Uh, you know, and really being practical about uh, equipping people to help people. Yeah, yeah. Uh, about uh, ten years ago, um, I, I've been kicking the ball around community development and asking the question: Why do communities uh, um, fall apart, and why do relationships fall apart? And I was 
I'm good friends with Roy Crown um, from Hope. And we were just chatting about stuff. And I, I just came to that aha moment that in actual fact, um, relationships and communities break down because of mental health. Mm-hmm. And part of the things that lead to that is loneliness and isolation, not feeling understood or, or cared for or having a, a support network to, to help people through. Um, and then in my wonderful pilgrimage where I, you know, I'm a, a, a wandering pilgrim. <laughs> That's an interesting title. That's a great title. I might take that. Um, <laughs> although I don't want to wear sackcloth. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm part of the City Vision family as well and that's how we I think it's Laura who who suggested uh, that I connect with some people that she knows and that's how we linked in but mm. what was your journey into the mental health world and and mental health is not a bad word because health is good and mental is mm, normal absolutely what is your journey what took you from a place of 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 knowing whatever to being become let's essentially an advocate and a promoter of positive mental health Oh, see, there's there's always people who do what I do for a living always have a story. There's a there's a reason, there's a why behind the what. You know, you don't do it without a personal connection. And for me, um, it's actually my sister's story. It's the story of us as a family. You know, I was raised in a Christian home. My parents were pastors, missionaries for many years. Good Christian people, a lovely family, everything that you think Christianity and a Christian family should be. Mm-hmm. There was no no dark secrets or anything. It was just and and um and yet when my sister was 12 years old was 10 years between us uh, she was 12 and from the age of 12 to 15 her behavior totally changed and my parents language for that their frame of reference was rebellion she was she'd got in with the wrong crowd she was turning her back on god she didn't yeah. want to go to church anymore she was this teenage rebellion this anger her behaviors began to decline she was self-harming she tried to take her life and again my parents and we were talking a good 20 odd years ago now there was nothing yeah, for low them literacy in this. Yeah, it yeah. was look so so they it didn't occur to them that it could be anything other than and her bad behavior yeah and her poor choices so at 15 she came to live with me and my husband yeah. um because my parents were literally she'd been kicked out of school and um i'd heard of something called mercy a woman called nancy alcon who's the founder and president of mercy international came to speak at my church mm-hmm. and i'd put my hand up in that meeting prayed the most dangerous prayer you could ever pray oh, which is lord send me oh, oh haven't we just and I was Lord like, you can ram that one somewhere where the sun don't shine. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I'd heard her speak this wonderful vision of helping young women with life controlling issues. And, and I, I just had this vision of multitudes of women that maybe just maybe I could be part of helping. Mm. And I put my hand up in that meeting. I cried the tears. I felt the, you know, lovely warmth inside of, I, I want to do that. And within months, my mother rang me and said, your sister needs help. Um, we don't know what to do. We're at the end of our tether. We think maybe if she comes and lives with you and, and Matthew for a while, because we lived a hundred miles away, we were in a church with the good, strong youth ministry. Maybe if she gets away from these people, she has yeah. a clean start. Can you offer that? And my first response was no, I don't want, <laughs> you know, I'm about to have my own family. I don't want a dysfunctional 15 year old. And, and, and I felt God say to me, I thought you said, I thought uh-huh. you prayed. Um, And I didn't realize then that the first broken young woman I would ever come across would be my own sister. 
and the first home I would ever open wouldn't be Mercy, it would be my own. Um, we said yes to her. And within a few weeks of her coming to live with us, I found out what Christian brokenness looks like. Because huh. it's different to the brokenness that you see out in the world. Yeah, yeah. You see, she told me then within a few weeks that actually um, she'd been abused by a man who she'd met in the local playground across the road from her house in the park when she was 12. And for three years, this man abused her, sexually oh. abused her, mentally, verbally, in every way. And the decline in her behavior was nothing to do with rebellion, it was no. everything to do with abuse. And it had never occurred to my parents that there could be anything like that, because surely bad things don't happen to good people. Yes. That's, that's the mentality we had back then. Nobody said it, but we believed it somehow that if you do all the right things as a Christian, you tick all the boxes, surely there's a protection. Surely there's good, only good things that can happen. Um, so it was never a part of their frame of reference that my sister, this beautiful young girl, this, this child could suffer at the hands of a stranger to the point where she wanted to take her own life. Mm. Um, so she was 15. She's with me. She tells me this. I'd heard about Mercy. I rang Mercy in America and said, my sister needs help. And they said, well, your sister needs to call us. Um, I mean, she lived with us for three years, 15 to 18. And, and in that course of that time, I saw her try, try, try to fix herself, to, to join a church, to find her peace. But the issue wasn't the abuse. It was, but it was also where was God? Yes, yes. Because here we have a young woman who's been told from the day she was born that God loves her. He's her protector. He's her provider. He's her rescuer. He's the Messiah. He knows all is all, whatever. That that to her, she believed in God. She knew God. She'd had experiences, encounters with him, but that only made him hate her hate him more because it meant he turned her back. He didn't intervene. He didn't step in. He didn't rescue her. So, so her biggest issue wasn't the abuse, it was where was God? And how did he allow that to happen to her? Why did he allow that to happen yeah, to her? Yeah. So aged 18, she's on a plane. She's the first young woman from this country to be accepted onto the program in America. They'd never taken anyone from outside of, of the US before. Yeah. And she went away for eight months to something called Mercy that I'd only heard about from a stage. Um, yeah. And that when she came back after eight months where she had an incredible experience with God, which I can tell you about maybe, uh, and she uh, came back and her life was completely transformed. I mean, it wasn't finished, but the, the journey of her healing had mm. begun there. And um, I knew then that mercy wasn't just a God, a good idea. It was a God idea. Uh, and I needed to, yeah. to, to do whatever I could to ensure that people wouldn't have to send their daughters and their sisters and their friends across an ocean, that they could experience what my sister experienced here in this country. Yes. Yes. That's amazing. And beautiful. I, I know that I might've mentioned it to you and I've, I've alluded to it um, in previous episodes about my brother-in-law and how, he struggled with mental health and see a very difficult upbringing through bullying and abuse and so on and so forth. Uh, and 
and and then and then found that his sexuality he was he was went from bi to gay and then married a, a lovely man who i you know wonderful person and yeah my brother-in-law still had had what, what, what would the world would call demons that he would still have to deal with and because he was gay he never felt a, a safe haven where he could feel accepted and loved and belonged and where the church should be that it was definitely not that and uh he went through a phase where he uh he couldn't get out of it and then eventually called it a day i i know people i've uh, i went on the recovery course um in as a form of you know participation counseling and so on and so forth with different things that i'd had in my background and the thing that was most wonderful with this was it was meeting other people saying, oh, no, we're the same. I'm carrying the same sort of, I wouldn't say darkness, but, but challenges. And it's funny that mental health has become such an important conversation. And, um, and yet there is such a poor literacy in what to do and how to do with it. There's this thing which it says, oh no, it's it's for the social services or it's for the family. It's, and it's like, there aren't enough boots on the ground to answer all the questions. And there are so yeah. many uh, people who have little things that have been lasting for years and years that, that may, they may not be an abuse, but there'll be you no know, like a lie that has, that has mm. shaped them. That, that, that has- yeah. I, I feel so strongly about that in terms of, you know, that addressing that whole mental health um, issue within, within the Christian context. It's so easy for us. And I spent the first five years of, of leading this ministry, trying to talk to churches about the statistics that we quote to you of one in four and one in six and one in, you know, you name it. Those are not statistics outside of the church, you know, in the world where we've got this wonderful little circle here um, that, that, you know, we're, isn't it awful out there? And shouldn't we try and get more people into this circle here? No, 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 no. The statistics are in this room right now. You know, every, there, there are women in this room right now being abused. There are, you know, so trying to convince the church that the problem wasn't outside of the walls, it was inside of the walls, was, was a message that we had to go really heavy and strong on. I do believe that's now landed. I do believe the church is more open to hearing the fact that just honest. people's struggles, uh, yeah. pe- life is not perfect. And yeah. um, in this life, you will have trouble. And just because you know Jesus doesn't mean you don't have trouble. I, so I, I find it, I find it what's really, and in all of this dichotomy, you've got women who are victims, men who are victims, and sometimes victimizers more often than not. And that we look at the outcomes of where people are. And you, you, women more often than not are, are horrendously, you know, you know, just in bad marriages. And yet what's fascinating is that women are more, are more quick to be honest than men are. So in the pain threshold from zero to four, at the moment of four, women will start talking, potentially, potentially. But for men, they'll start talking when it's about pain threshold eight, which if they don't deal with it, they are close, very, very close. And this is why we see this 
huge epidemic of male suicide in the in men in their thirties, mm. which is which is there's a conversation that needs to be had with both men in their role, women. Uh, it's it is messy. And I, yeah. one of the reasons why I often talk about it is, and I, I say at, at church, I say in, 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 in Zoom meetings is I want it to be normal to talk about counseling. I want yes. it to say, I'm okay, but I'm not okay. I've screwed up. You've screwed up. And let's just get rid of the stigma. Let's make it normal. And it's heartbreaking. Yeah. It's such a it's such an important message that whole it's okay not to be okay. I would add it's not okay to stay that way. <laughs> That's it. That's right. I think if you have it's okay not to be okay full stop that's a really depressing message. Very depressing. <laughs> and that's not the message of the gospel. So right, even if right. everything we've just spoken about, you know, how our lives are not magically protected, but there is but there's also a but that's There's right. a however, however, Emmanuel, God yeah. with us. However, even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, he is, I fear not for he is with me. Mm. And I think one of the greatest uh, messages for us is to say, you know, that's what my sister found when she was away in mercy. Um, what needed to be uh, healed was her relationship with God. Yes, that's right. Because from that point, she could then, so she needed a space where she could ask the questions that some of us are afraid to ask. And we ask them to our friend or we ask them to Google or we ask them to the vicar or the minister or our counselor or our therapist. And we don't always ask God the question. Um, and at Mercy, we've created a space and she found that space over 20 years ago now where she could say to God, where were you? What do you have to say for yourself? Yeah. And she was in a space where she could hear his answer. And that's and her, helpful. And, yeah. God is not afraid of our pain. He's not afraid of our yeah. questions. He's not afraid of our anger. He, he's inviting us to, to bring that to him. Talk to me. Mm. Talk to me about you not being okay. Talk to me about why you're angry and disappointed and hurt and upset. Mm. Let's, let's converse together. Yeah. My wife said to me, uh, just just earlier before this chat she said so i've got a new study it's like great okay well i'm studying darkness <laughs> <laughs> i was like great <laughs> as, if we, as if life isn't hard enough and then she said no 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 it's okay because and she went on to tell tell me about half our world is in darkness you sleep and it's dark and your body's repairing whilst you're in darkness. Plants are growing and preparing like bulbs in darkness. Dark, we shouldn't evade it. We should in many senses yeah. accept that darkness is part of our world, but ask the question, what is happening in the darkness and where is it leading towards? Oh, I like, see, that reminds me of Proverbs 31, 15. It says, um, in darkness, she rises, you know, yeah. it, talks about the, the Proverbs 31 woman, which really, you know, some people would say is a metaphor for the church, you know, and, and it says, you know, whilst it was still dark, she rises and she prepares food for her, for her household. And I've always thought, I've always, I remember reading it and feeling like, 
you know, God's saying, in other words, when darkness surrounds the people of God, it's their time to rise. It's their time to prepare because what you prepare in darkness, what you prepare when everyone else is asleep, when it would seem natural to curl up into a ball and throw the duvet over your head to go, I just want this to be over and I won't get up until it's daylight. Actually, there's something about the people of God that I believe that if they can rise to their feet, in a time of darkness, if they can use that time of darkness to prepare something that becomes food then for others, that to me is very, very noble and uh, an inspiring thought to me. I love that. So look, today's devotion uh, is focuses on the great includer, Jesus. You know, he, he hung out with people who slept about, people who were gamblers, people who were cheats, people who were uh, not part of the special team, special tribe, um, and people from all sorts of backgrounds who were aggressively rejected. And he said, nope, I love him. I love him. Do you want- love him? I think he's great. <laughs> and yeah, so, so how would you then, if you're talking to a person, because you see, I, church leaders are all very good. Great. So what? They can, it's a bit like you can lead a horse to water, but you can't make it drink. It does start mm-hmm. from, uh, it's interesting, isn't it? I was chatting to a friend of mine who talks about the word witness. He says, when you witness about God, it's from what you have personally witnessed witness of Jesus in your life that, to, that you can share with others, et cetera. What, what sort of, um, how do you lead people along from going, all right, yeah, that's quite interesting, to actually, I want to be, Uh, very active and intentional in becoming a person who becomes an advocate and promotes healthy wellness, mental health in myself, but in my family and in my community. What what sort of advice do you give? Because leaders will will tell them you should go and do that. But there are people, normal people who go, yeah, okay, but what, how, why, what, which way, what's the direction? What sort of rhythms that you would suggest? Um. I would say, first of all, you can't give what you don't have. So if it's all about reaching people, being a witness, um, I think the worst thing that we can do as witnesses is present perfection. Yeah. Um, Because that's not a witness. That's a pressure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, So if people look at our lives and go, that's perfect, we think that should attract them, but it doesn't. It repels them because it makes them go, I can never attain to that. I can never, Jesus won't accept me because my life isn't perfect. I'm not perfect. I must hide my failures and my fears because that's not the expected standard of a Christian. Whereas if we can be real, Mm -hmm. authentic, and include people on the journey of finding God in the darkness, finding God in the trial, finding that God has actually provided for us everything we need to navigate the rough terrain of our lives. So instead of hiding the rough terrain, we point to the rough terrain and go, hey, did you know that God's equipped us to be able to navigate this well? Mm. He has given us everything we need in order to be able to navigate our way through this valley, up this mountain and out the other end to the next one. Yes. So people watch our lives and go, well, you're facing um, a job loss and you're facing difficulties in your marriage and you're fa- and yet you have a peace and yeah. yet you have a hope and yet you're asking for help and yet you are receiving co- help from your church community. I want that 
because your life is just like my life and yet there's more yet there's something that I don't have that I just it's like imagine you trying to get out of your and this is a true story actually this did happen to me trying to get out of my cul-de-sac at the bottom of a steep hill in the middle of winter with the snow everywhere with the snow yeah right okay yeah yeah that's the story in the beginning of Keys to Freedom. And everyone else is trying their own way to get out of the snow. And I get into my four by four car, turn on my engine, and without a slip, a slide, or a drama, it navigates me out of a really difficult situation. Everybody was facing snow. And what my neighbors watching me navigate something that they were navigating too, but do it with strength that wasn't my own, with power that wasn't my own. They just looked at it and went, I want one of those. And literally yeah. every single one of them the following year had a four by four. Not because <laughs> that's what, to me, that's the witness. The witness I can be to my friends and neighbors who don't know Jesus isn't, hey, look at my life. It's perfect. Right. It's, hey, look at my life. It's just like yours, except for the yeah. power that isn't mine, the, 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 the ability that isn't mine, the grace that isn't mine, the strength mm -hmm. in weakness the 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 wisdom that comes from above the you know energy that comes from having clear boundaries in my life that i've learned from the wisdom of of god you know th there's just there's so much we have mm -hmm. god has not abandoned us to the to the difficult terrain of the world it's it's really interesting you talk about basically being uh, the 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 rocky part and pointing to it and being honest because it is something that we do all the time isn't it yeah. when we watch I'm a celebrity or we watch you know one of those reality programs whatever and and you go you can spot the the loom and and we are judging we do we judge we assess we reflect saying well you know that one's going to do well that one's going to do rubbish yeah. and 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 in many senses people are looking at us and going they can tell whether or not we're faking it. They can tell it. Uh, and there's something yeah. deeply, deeply necessary for us to be authentic. But as you say, it starts from. There's such value within. in it. It's like a pearl, a real pearl. Yeah. The difference between a real pearl and a fake one is the, is the process it's been through. It's the adversity it's overcome. Yes. It's the grit. That's how you test it. You put it in your teeth and you can test that there's an imperfection to the shape. There's a grit in it, you know, rather than the manufactured, smooth, shiny 10 for a penny. Yeah. Why are we so eager to want to present perfection? Why do we want to have the shiny and the perfectly shaped and the, it's not authentic. It has so little value actually you know, just look at the pearl. The pearl has value when it is being, the, the bigger the pearl is, the more it's had to overcome, the more That's layers of nacre. Yeah. yeah. And the more valuable it is. And, and it's funny, isn't it? You look at all of the stories of the heroes in scripture, they're all a bunch of loonies or losers. Murderers, rapists. No, yeah. well, some of them are yeah, rapists. Yeah, no, David is a rapist. <laughs> yeah. You know, and you go... And yet, God did something in them, changed, changed them, and changed the course of history. Yeah. But it starts with courage to, 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 to say, okay, I can't do this anymore. Yeah, uh, it really I, does. And I, I need some help. Just basically, I wouldn't say, putting out the hand and say, please help. It starts with yeah. that, isn't it? 
Yeah, I, I had a really interesting experience, not even that long ago, 2019, I had a ski accident. Um, wow. I've been skiing for 15 years. Yeah. Never touch snow. For me, snow is literally to get me from A to B as fast as possible. I, I don't touch snow. it. If I, I, I love it. I don't, I don't really like being in it. I just like skiing on it. So when I fell, there was a very, it was very dramatic because oh. I don't fall. So okay. my family were around me in seconds. Are you okay? Is everything okay? Trying to help me up. And I was like, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm fine. Back off. Leave me alone. I'm a, I know what I'm doing. I, it didn't hurt that much at the time, to be fair. I did hear a pop though. Um, and I'm like, I'm testing myself and, and they're all around me, you know, fussing over me. I'm like, back off. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm embarrassed. You know, yeah. I don't fall. I don't fall. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and so I'm back on my feet. And as I try and do my first turn, the pain is excruciating. And I sit down and I realize as I'm feeling sick of the pain, I am not okay. And so my son goes down and gets help and I get rescued off the mountain. The horrendous, embarrassing experience. Yeah. Of being, Humiliating. Um, the stretcher with people looking at you with that mixture of pity and relief. Yeah. Yeah. Pity yeah. that it's happening to you relief. It's not happening to them. Yes. That it's a horrible, yes. it's a horrible look in people's eyes as you're going down the slope backwards yeah. on a stretcher. Yeah. Yeah. And as I'm going off the mountain on the stretcher, mortified, I feel the Lord say to me, isn't it interesting how rescue didn't come until you said you weren't okay. Very good. Isn't it interesting how rescue didn't come until you said you weren't okay? Yeah. And I think there's something about that that we need to embrace sometimes. I was too embarrassed. I didn't want to be not okay. You know, and it turned out I'd ruptured my ACL, so I really wasn't okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but, um, you know, I think if we can release each other a little bit, Yep. We none of us want that mixture of pity and relief. L- those looks as we get carted off the side of a mountain, mm. but actually, there, but for the grace of God, could be any of us. Yeah, yeah. We need to release each other a little bit, I think, from that pressure of of never falling. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's okay to fall. It's snow. And it was, you know, terrible conditions. And it doesn't matter how long I've been skiing. Mm. I'm as likely to fall as anyone else. Yeah. Yeah. I, I remember when I got to a point where I was like, yeah, I probably need some counseling. It was like a, a, like a, a pressure just came off. It was like, mm. okay, um, why fight it? Why fight it? <laughs> rescue doesn't come until you say you're not okay (laughs) yeah why fight it let's deal with this and and what happened for me it was a recalibrating you know i went through various different forms of you know disensoza and stuff like that and it was just it was was amazing Mm, i love a bit of sozo (laughs) just amazing amazing both doing doing it in in a in a in a gathering of people but also then one-on-one and all that. And I think what's, what's fascinating about your, your book um, is, weirdly enough, uh, you, it's quite a personal pilgrimage, isn't it? You don't actually have to yeah. tell anybody about it, and yet you're doing good for yourself. But it does start, mm. like you say, from a place of intentional, I'm not okay. Yeah. 
Uh, or even I want to be better. Yes. Yes. So uh, sometimes I, it's not even I'm not okay. Sometimes it is I'm I, I want to be better. Yeah, yeah. I remember there was a um a billboard years ago, very controversial uh in all of the world when, when it happened, which just said Christians make better lovers. That was it. <laughs> Ooh, yeah interesting yeah and everyone was like how very dear what is this what is it and 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 it, it was one of those things that christians love better do they uh are they kind of people <laughs> are they and yeah. it's amazing the number of what we call preconditions preloads that we put upon ourselves and put upon others which is just rubbish actually yeah and sometimes, and the truth is, Christians should be better lovers in terms of uh, uh, um, uh, godly love. <laughs> yeah, that, that's a difficult one to navigate. Um, well, no, they should be in all of them, but they don't. They don't. It's not like when you when you join the army, you're a soldier. You join the army and you learn, but there is a process of learning. You know, it's just in Corinthians, it's you know, from one glory to the next. It's this constant evolution mm. up constant upgrading we shouldn't be surprised that upgrading is should be a, a normal way of life our wonderful phones are always always or windows always upgrading etc why can't yeah. we upgrade as well and i love that i'm so all about the journey i really mm. am and i do think that there's a a mentality sometimes where you know you become a christian and 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 now your eternity is secure oh, you kind of yeah park up at the cross mm. um and i'm like no there's just so much like like you just quoted that from glory to glory god's you know he began a good work in us he began yeah. it so so he's completing it but yeah. that's an yeah. ongoing process well you're longer on the, you're on the journey longer than you are at the destination exactly to me freedom freedom is not a destination freedom is a journey mm. it's not somewhere that you get to it's something you live on a daily basis yes you know it's it's layer upon layer i do think god is very much a god of process he enjoys it totally um, he, yeah. he could have made creation in one go like one yeah. breath or one word could have done it instantly there's yeah. there's no reason for him to have spread it out over a yeah. season of time you know, yeah, whatever yeah. Th your theology is of how long a day was, it, it, <laughs> it, it was a season of time. Yeah, it was. God oh, decided yeah, yeah. to do it step by step. And what I love is he celebrated every step, even though it was incomplete. Oh, that's a really good point. That's a really great point. I love Day that. one, happy with what he's just done. Got a long way to go yet. Yeah. <laughs> Separated <laughs> dark and light. <laughs> Isn't that interesting? You know, just made a separation there. Just, you know, ocean and land. It was good. He, he looked back and went, that's good. Yes. And Celebrated the steps. Didn't yeah. ce celebrate completion. Well, he did, but actually he rested in completion. But he, he, didn't, he celebrated every step along the way. Yes. We are so not wired like that sometimes. We're, we're all, you know, target-focused. Yeah. I, it, is that a West? Well, it is. It's a, it's a Greco-Roman Western perspective. Yeah, probably. You know, I, I know that the, the, our wonderful cousins in the East um, and in the South, they, they see things much more as a journey, which we, we don't, unfortunately, just because we, we're all about power and gain and power and gain. Yeah. Um, achieve, achieve, achieve. Yeah. You know, Jesus died on the cross. 
then went away and then he'll be coming back again. Well, why is he not back here now? It's like, well, there's stuff to do. <laughs> there's stuff to do. There's stuff to do. I do. I, I, I am very much. And it takes some of the pressure off too when you kind of break it down into journey, into it step, does. into stage. We go on holiday and we always do a road trip and we always make sure that the road trip is filled with things or the journey's dull, 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 dull. And we make a thing of it where the point actually part of the holiday is the journey uh, other than the destination as well. And I'll be honest with you, when we're on holiday, much to my wife's sometimes frustration, I can't do sitting around. I want to be doing stuff again, more journeying, more discovering, exploring, et cetera. Um, there are those who prefer to sit around a, uh, a pool and read a book. Again, they're reading a book, which is a journey, which is interesting. Yeah, very, very interesting indeed. Well, look, Ariana, how can people get to uh, find out more about you? How can they, they connect to uh, Mercy UK and all your various different amazing resources that you've got available? Super easy. MercyUK.org will get you to our website. Fantastic. Uh, MercyUK.org will pop up on instagram and facebook ariana walker instagram facebook fantastic and you yes. twitter as well or no i don't tweet oh goodness gracious i know i don't know what happened i got they dumped me because i, didn't right. I don't do i don't do instagram just because i'm which i should do but then i love I'm... instagram i'm what i think i'm much more visual actually that's yeah, probably why i, I like pictures and you know yeah. so no i get that i should i should investigate into the world of the gram of insta brilliant <laughs> well look i hope you have a um a less crazy i think th- well no look things are going to be crazy but i hope you can navigate through your craziness and yes. have a wonderful december which but be honest with you if you ask me which is the best part of christmas it's the run-up it's all the stuff you do before christmas, christmas really are you it. the one that does the christmas shopping oh we it's a collective thing oh look is we've it? got so we've got I- yeah, I mean, we've got uh, the, the Christmas elves or whatever it is, you know, the kindness elves already. Our daughter's 12, all right? She doesn't, you know, she, <laughs> that magic is gone, but we still do it. I mean, yeah, oh, I love that. Anyway, bless you. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, I just want to say thank you for joining us today on this podcast. And uh, for any references that were made throughout be it groups or books or whatever um, do come and visit us on seasoned4.life and there we'll also have other details about all the other podcasts that we have done and will be doing also take care and we'll catch up soon